0: Hello, and welcome to Unleash Your Inner Creative with Lauren LaGrasso. This is a show to help you make creativity the filter for your life, redefine your relationship with fear, take it out of the driver's seat, step more fully into the essence of who you are, and claim your right to have a dream and take up space. Whew. It is a wild time. It's a terrifying time. It's a heavy time. It's a hopeful time. Yeah. Reflecting on last week, I did a show about Black Lives Matter. And I have been doing a lot of research in the past week and thinking about the best way we can serve. And I think that what I'd like to say for the little creative check-in I usually do at the top of the show is that when it comes to any social justice mission – And the best way to serve is to educate yourself, to do your best to truly understand the position of the oppressed group and how your privilege has helped keep the oppressed group down. Dismantle that privilege. And then, while you're doing those other things, use your gifts, your specific gifts, to help uplift the people of that community. I realize in this past week, that the best possible way for me to help and for you to help is to use the tools and gifts that I already have. And there are not nearly enough Black women in the podcasting space, both on the mic and certainly as producers. So something I'm vowing to do and trying to figure out the best way to do it right now is to start mentoring more black women to become producers and hosts. I'm going to keep you updated as the idea comes to fruition, but that is a vow I want to make. I'm starting out with a dear friend of mine who's already in the podcasting space, but I'm going to continue to do that. I want to continue to tell stories, help facilitate telling stories of people of color on this show and on all my platforms and to keep pointing out talent when I see it and uplifting it and spotlighting it. I mean it was so beautiful this past weekend and if you didn't get a chance to watch it live, my friend Tori who has an incredible voice did a concert on my page and it just felt so good to be able to spotlight her voice and her talent and who she is and and so I just want to take this moment to encourage you with Black Lives Matter or any other social justice mission to use the gifts that you have and the things that you already do well to help bring about justice. And today's episode is a little different than most of the Unleasher Inner Creative episodes are used to. So I try to constantly be evolving and keeping myself open to Creative sparks and trying different things because the whole show is about creativity. Just to rewind, about nine months into the show, I realized I had locked myself in a box, in a, in a creative box, because I felt like if I don't do the creative check in, then the guest intro, then the interview, then the outro, then it is not the show. So, anyway, about nine months in, I started peppering in different formats. And this is a format I've been wanting to try for a really long time. And it is. Creative coaching. And this idea came about from basically just living my life, whether it was with my friends or random people I'd meet at parties or like literally my Uber driver. I would always end up talking to people, learning their life story, finding out what their dream was, or if they didn't feel like they had a dream, helping them extract one, and then creating action plans to go about getting it. And so I started. Parlaying that into like the media coaching I do, and I started doing a little bit of creativity coaching. So I've been wanting to hear what it sounds like on air for a long time because I think it's just helpful. I mean, I used to love listening to Dr. Jen Mann, that's her name now, it used to be Berman, but Dr. Jen Mann's radio show. And on her radio show, it was like basically a talk therapy show. And it was just like, it was fascinating to hear her go through and like help other people through their problems. Likewise, I love listening to people get their astrology chart read on astrology podcasts and radio shows. So I think it's a very similar kind of thing. Like when you hear somebody else get coached, it helps you with some of the things that you're working through in your own life and connecting some of the dots and figuring out how you could make one piece of your story lead to an opportunity. And so today, One of our listeners, Lindsay Huss, has very generously offered to allow me to coach her on air. She's an incredible artist. She does string art. She makes things out of, like, wood. She's a painter. I think she does a little bit of drawing. She does it all. She's a mother of two. She also drives street sweepers. Like, she's a badass. She works in the construction industry industry. And she's been a supporter of the show from basically day one. She was originally a creative of the week, which is something I did in the beginning that I want to get back to doing. And so today, what you're going to hear is her telling her story, us getting to what the thesis statement of her life is, figuring out where she's already doing that in her life, where she's not doing that, how she can do it more with the current scenario she's already in. And then how every piece of her life really aligns and could turn into a new creative project or passion or business for her. And, you know, I think a lot of times when we are trying to figure out what we want to do with our lives, we think of the thing we want to do without thinking of how our unique story could inform what we want to do. And so this conversation with Lindsay is a really good example of that. We go deep in depth into her story. I mean, if you want to get to more of like the actionable, tangible things, that happens about halfway through uh, the talk. But I highly encourage you to to stick around and listen to her whole story because every single piece lines up and leads to the way I coached her in the end of basically – how she can use her talent as an artist and combine it with the pain she's gone through and turn those things together into a purpose. And I want to give a quick trigger warning. Lindsay's story is an incredible tale of resilience and survival. That said, we do touch on topics such as sexual and emotional abuse, family members who are addicts, and tough family life overall. I think These topics are super important to talk about right now because many, most of us are still in quarantine and more women than ever are stuck at home with their abusers. So it's really important to talk out about it. Not only that, but at the end, after we hear her incredible story of choosing herself and her kids, really, we get to find a way to take all of those terrible things that happened to her. and. Combine her survival with her art and turn that into a purpose and a creative endeavor. So I think her story is worth hearing at, and it inspired me a lot. It broke my heart and healed it all at once because I know what she's going to do now that she's healing and really learning to love herself. She's going to take that love and share it with others, and and combine it with her talent, and find a way to help heal others. So stay tuned. I hope you like this new format. If you do like it, let me know. We'll do more of these. If you want to be considered to do one of these on air with me, I would love that. DM me at Unleash Your Inner Creative on Instagram, or send me an email at UnleashYourInnerCreative at gmail.com. Oh, and one other thing. This was recorded about a month ago. So it was before the protesting really started happening and gaining traction here. So I just want you to know that that's why we don't mention it in the actual conversation. Um, And anything we refer to about right now, we're referring to just quarantine alone. Okay, here we go. This is a creative coaching session with Lindsay Huss. So, Lindsay, I am so excited to finally get to meet you voice to voice. We've talked a lot on Instagram and basically on Instagram, but you've been a big supporter of the show from day one, and I just adore you. You've been a creative – what did I used to call it? You were the creative of the week. Yeah. I I need to go back to doing that. Yeah. And you're such a talented artist um, and just a wonderful person. So thank you. And thank Thank you for being – the first participant of on-air creative coaching. This is I exciting. I
1: did. I'm very excited, and thank you. I love your podcast. It's brought a whole new life to creativity for me. So I really appreciate Aww. you and all of your guests.
0: Well, thank you. That means a lot. So to start out, I'd like to bring the listener and also myself more deeply into your story. So. Can you give a little bit of background on who you are, what you do as a creative, and then what you do as work?
1: I have always been a creative person. I grew up wanting to be an illustrator for uh, Disney. I wanted to become a comic book illustrator at one point. I wanted to be a writer I mean I you know I think most of us are usually have our fingers dipped in a lot of different things and um, I ended up not really knowing what I wanted to do when college came around. And I felt just had, like I had to make a decision. And so I chose fashion design. I think showing like how I could use my clothing was always kind of a, a creative outlet for me. It was really a statement. I didn't always go with the flow. My friends always joked that I would wear like the weirder stuff just to see if I could get <laughs> by with it. So yeah, I went to, uh, to FITM for for two years, got my AA in, in fashion design. And then I ended up working for a clothing company designing textile prints for like a surf and skate company for men. And it was totally not what I pictured. Um, I always thought I would get into women's clothing but I loved it. It was a little more mellow and worked my way up and did a lot of like logo stuff. I loved it, but it was a very high paced environment, which I love. I mean, I'm a workaholic, I think. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just, I remember thinking like, how am I going to do this and have a family one day? And that was always kind of in the back of my mind. You know, I, I pushed through and I, and I think I was with this gate company six to seven years. And yeah. then I, I went with one of the sales reps from that company, and, and we kind of started our own little thing. I lost my job. I was dumped by my current boyfriend at the time, like three days later, and about three days after that, I found out I was pregnant with my first son. And whoa, it was a lot to deal with in one week. And I was thirty years old. You know, I had spent my entire life really. Trying to make something of myself, my parents never had money, and so it was really important to me to be successful and dependent on myself. You know, I never wanted to be in a situation where I had to depend on someone else for money, and that's exactly what ended up happening. You know, it's like life throws you these blows, and and things always happen like this for me in threes. It's kind of weird. Sometimes I think it's the universe kind of going, okay, you know, let me let me shake things up a little bit and reroute you, but. I
0: was going to ask you what, what you thought the meaning of those threes were. That's so interesting that that's
1: a pattern for you. It, it is very much a pattern. It's always like a relationship, job, and then usually something to do with like my personal life, like at home with family. Wow. It's always those three things. It was scary. I actually, I just I just kind of went back to that place in time with my, my therapist um, a few weeks ago. And I'm doing... Um, EMDR therapy with her. And I I had this aha moment where I actually forgave myself for kind of this guilt that I've carried, um, all this time I've realized in, you know, feeling so irresponsible with how things happened, but also kind of realizing what kind of unpacked afterwards wasn't necessarily, uh, all of my, my weight to carry. So, um, my boyfriend and I ended up getting back together. We hadn't been together that long and I think I had started realizing that he was an alcoholic. It was kind of like in the midst of getting pregnant, I started having all these aha moments about my own life and my own patterns and you know what what I was basically allowing. I I have never had boundaries and I have always let people take advantage of me and I always want to do the right thing, be the nice person. And, you know, a a lot of this stems from childhood stuff. And, you know, we learn certain behaviors based on what we grow up around. And my brother happened to be in rehab at the time that I was pregnant. And I started going to the, they had like these family meetings and, um, you know, we went for support. My younger brother and I are very close. Um, My older brother is uh, seven years older than I am, and he's my half-brother technically. There's a lot of trauma in the family where his father was murdered um, when he was nine nine years old. Um, I was two, and my mom was already married to my dad. There was a lot of chaos, it felt like, growing up where My mom was, I think, and my dad were always kind of trying to balance having a normal functioning home, but my brother really just never learned how to cope or deal with it in a healthy way, even through counseling and therapy and all sorts of stuff. He ended up being a drug addict and alcoholic himself, and that started very early on. I saw him overdose on heroin when I was in seventh grade. Um, Wow. You know, so I mean, there's a there's a lot to unpack. It was it scared the. I know we can kind of swear a little bit. I'll try to wash my mouth. I mean, it scared. No, go for it. Yeah. (laughs) It scared (laughs) the shit out of me. I mean, it really I we literally walked in the door to from school to see him in the hallway, like struggling to to move and his body was just contorting in ways and and you know, he was crying to my mom saying, you know, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. And, and, you know, and it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you have these moments and you know what happened, but you don't remember the specifics. And I remember, oh, (laughs) are you crying? Yeah.
0: I mean, it's like, just, you went through so much and it's like, you know, now obviously we know because you've been in therapy and I know from being in therapy that like, we just replay our Childhood traumas yeah. again and again yeah. until we can heal the little kid, you know. Oh my God! And gosh. so I just, I feel for you. That was like thank a really heavy burden
1: you. to carry as a little girl, and you oh. shouldn't have had to do that. Thank you. You're such an empath, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you, thank you. Whew yeah. No, I mean it. It exactly what you said. I think you know we start playing out these patterns over and over again, and every relationship not every, I can't say every, but almost every major relationship that I've had since since 14 years old when I first had a boyfriend was chaotic and crazy and alcoholics or abusive, you know, verbally abusive or mentally abusive. And it really, you know, the first boyfriend I had was just so, I mean, that—that that is a whole other story in itself, but he was so mentally abusive and it really just broke my spirit I felt like and I I really it's hard to explain to people who are so confident in themselves I think to to explain that it's not as easy as just well screw you like you know you're a piece of shit I deserve better because you know I didn't Think I deserved better. I didn't right. know what I deserved. I I really just you know I wanted just and to you're being find manipulated love. too. Yeah, I mean when yes. when you're with a person like that, they're typically a narcissist, yeah. and
0: so they're manipulating yeah. you and just decimating your self esteem and making you question your own sanity so that you don't yeah. even know what's real anymore. And I think a lot of confident people. I I have been in situations of, of abuse as well, mental and, and emotional abuse. And a lot of confident people think it could never happen to them, but uh-huh. it could. It could happen what? to
1: anyone. If the manipulator is skilled enough.
0: Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you don't even know it's happened until it's almost too late.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, and that's what happened. and And it just, he was also sexually abusive. And at the time, like I I actually I specifically remember an assembly in high school where we had someone come and talk to us and talk about like sexual abuse and they said something very specific and I remember telling myself oh that's not me though that's yeah that that's not me and now looking back in hindsight it's like oh my god like I was just so scared to face the truth that was me like he was I you know I was that girl who was in a relationship with the boyfriend I'd had for years and just cuz you're in a relationship with someone it doesn't mean that if you say no that they can do it anyway or if you're uncomfortable they should be able to read those signs and if they don't that's not okay. You know, and he 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 kind of forced me into a lot of situations I was very uncomfortable with and and that actually led to me having kind of a aha moment that I had been sexually abused as a child by my cousin when I was three. and And that was really, I think, my first realization that I had symptoms of PTSD because I was touched a certain way by my boyfriend. And I remember not even realizing what happened but i ended up in the corner of my bed by the wall like with my knees curled up and my heart beating and just looking at him like how did i get over here like your body reacts before your brain even knows what's happening and Mm -hmm. i think that's when i kind of started realizing that i've always had these feelings that something has happened to me i spent a lot of my life telling myself i'm crazy you know, like ignoring my intuition, ignoring certain feelings, and and um, I think I finally worked up the nerve to ask my mom when I was maybe seventeen or eighteen. If you know, I said this is really crazy. I don't know if I'm just making things up or if I'm just really uncomfortable with my body or what it is. But I think something happened to me, and she said, "Well, um, there was this one time when you were three, where you know." you said something about, you know, you, you were talking to your older brother and you, you, you know, kind of said something jokingly about, you know, your cousin wanting um, you to like kiss his penis. And oh. so this kind of came out where like, I have no memory of it per se, but there's like fragments that are starting to kind of come back where I always felt really uncomfortable around this cousin and, always got really bad vibes from him. And like, and I always felt like something had happened to me. Like that was in the, God, that would, would have been like 81. I still don't think people were really talking about abuse as openly as they are now. And so my parents, I don't think asked questions, you know, it was like, they had one conversation. He said he didn't do anything and that was that. And My cousin was 14 years old at the time, so 14 on a three-year-old, and so there's something wrong, and that's the other thing. It's like you see all these cases of of women who are sexually abused and have no recollection because of whatever situation. People don't believe them. Your bodies are telling you one story, but your mind is protecting you. You know, I mean, I don't dwell on it or anything, but it's just kind of like that's part of... The story and I wonder if that also has something to do with you know how I grew up thinking about myself that I you know that I didn't matter more than other people or that you know people who were supposed to love me could abuse me you know there's a, there's a lot of yeah. um sorry I know I'm going on and on um no no, no I know I
0: want to let you talk because <laughs> I think that this is a really important part and I want to I want to finish the story because I know that we need to get into the construction piece of it and and how, where you are now. But before we do, I'm just going to tease this because I want to like go into more specifics after we finish your path. But. I really think that there's something there. Yes, it's a a piece of your story and like how you've processed things and and the kind of relationships you've been in and maybe like certain places where you haven't gone toward your dream as much as you could have. Yes. But the biggest thing is I think I got a really deep feeling that you're supposed to be using this somehow in your art. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, I I think there's – it, it, Specifically though, like there's some,
0: there's, there's some connection. I don't know that you need to like paint it. I'm just saying, I think you need to make art for people who are either still in abusive situations or are survivors of abuse. I feel like that's a big part of what you're supposed to do, like of, of the way you're supposed to turn that pain into service purpose. Yes, exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, so, so to fast forward with, with my being pregnant and my child and everything. Um, yeah, I ended up, I ended up trying to work things out with his dad and, you know, but again, as patterns have shown, I, you know, I was in an abusive relationship again. I was in an in a relationship with someone who was insanely manipulative, um, an alcoholic, uh, and I found out after the fact that he, he was literally leaving, living a double life. He had a girlfriend after we were married that I had, I mean, like he worked, he worked in construction. So he that's this is where the construction comes in. So he was a truck driver. He owned a truck and I ended up staying home with our son. And I, I do feel like some things did work in, in my benefit that it was very hard to let go of the career aspect to be a stay at home mom. But I felt like I had been out of the fashion industry for so long. I mean, it's like when you're out of that industry for like a year, it's like you're, you're done, you know, unless you're keeping up with things. And I relate. That's how entertainment is too. Yes. Yes. And so, I mean, I was out of the business, I think one or two years and It did allow me to focus on my son, which I'm very grateful for, because he ended up being later diagnosed with ADHD and autism. And so I think being home and spending that time with him really allowed me to see a lot of those signs and get him the help that he needed. But I did start working, I became an escort for LAX, working with my um, husband's family's company. So they had a trucking business and and I would basically um I got badge to help take trucks into the airport. Basically, like I was I was authorized and a lot of the trucks are not. So I was right. able to bring them in and out for the construction purposes. So I started doing that part-time with them. My brother-in-law drive, drove a street sweeper and one day he approached me and said, "Hey, you know, I can teach you how to drive my street sweeper. Basically, in order for him to get the bid on the job, it would benefit him to have a female driver. You know, I basically told him he was out of his fucking mind. I was like, are you kidding me? I'm like, I, I'm a fashion designer. I like draw. I don't drive trucks. (laughs) You know, I'm like, I'm like, what the hell are you thinking? And I'm like, you know, and I, you know, I've never driven a large You know, personal cars either. And I was just like, oh my, it just seems so overwhelming. And I think this is where I really got to see a part of myself that I didn't know existed. And it's, 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 I do what needs to get done. And I'm one of those people who really, even through the fear, I really, I will, I will handle it. You know, I will make sure that I, I do what's needed to do, I guess. And so I, I wanted to help him out, but he also said, you know, he goes, you know, I can hire someone else, but I'd much rather, you know, see the money going to someone who's family. So that kind of began my, um, my journey into construction and I I started driving uh, a couple times a week for him. And, um, in the process, uh, my ex had kind of sobered up at one point that there's more to it than that. So we started to try for another kid because, you know, I wanted to have siblings. Basically when things blew up, I had a union, you know, I had the, the operators union to go to, and I had people in a company that I had already worked for that knew, knew me from, from doing these, you know, couple days a week at the airport for my, for my brother-in-law I don't know if it would be synchronicity, but, but again, it was like this pattern, this pattern happened again, where I was, uh, divorcing my husband with two kids, you know, one and a half and a five-year-old. Um, the alcohol and the drug abuse just got so out of control that, I mean, it was just, it was at a point where I remember the little me, and I thought I don't want my kids to grow up walking on eggshells and feeling like the life and the joy is being sucked out of them, and that's exactly what's happening in this house. And I don't want that for them. And so I, I packed up, and you know, we sold our house. My mom had lived with me. Um, I was basically kind of supporting her and paying the mortgage and, you know, taking care of her in a lot of ways. And I was done. I was done. My my brother was still using. I mean, it was like, I just felt like everything, everything was collapsing. Was just, it, it was just chaos. It was constant yeah. chaos. And it's like, I lost myself so completely in the midst of all of it, just being tugged in so many different directions and you know and still trying to be a mom and protect them from all the bullshit that was just everywhere and and I just felt that that was the best course of action it's like I I need no matter how scared I, am, I didn't have a job at that time because when I had my second son I, I took the time off and I, I just you know everything kind of started falling apart after that and I just figured. I mean, I just figured I'm going to figure this out. I'm just. I was just going to leave, and I'm going to figure it out. So I I left. I had no job. I left my marriage, and I moved into this amazing apartment that I in a town that I didn't even know existed. I happened to stumble across it on accident while <laughs> looking for apartments. And and it you know again, it's like it's like that universe you know kind of sending you on a different path. And it felt very. Pointed, So I moved and I didn't tell my ex where I was living. I was scared to say anything. I lied. And I said, I was moving in with my dad for now. My father-in-law, I mean, I still refer to them as my in-laws, but my father-in-law and my brother-in-law basically said, Hey, the company that, that we were working for that you were sweeping with is actually hiring a sweeper operator. They just bought a new truck and they had this huge project. Like, you know, we already told them about you and you're still in the union, you know, just give them a call and set up an interview. I've always had people in my corner and that's something I think like I acknowledge every day is how grateful I am for the people who truly I feel are looking out for me and, and helping me. And, um, I think that's such a key thing in life is really just, you know, helping, helping people where you can. And, you know, I think that's kind of why I want to tell this story is, is you know, I was so terrified and so scared, um, you know, through a lot of what I went through and I felt so alone. And I, I know people are talking more now about mental health and, and are much more open about, you know, the struggles in their lives. But, you know, when I was at home, you know, as a stay at home mom with this abusive husband, I was just I felt very alone and very terrified. And, and it's a very scary thing to think about how you get yourself out of that situation. And, and, and you, I remember looking and scanning the internet for like stories or people who were in similar situations and I couldn't find anything, you know, I couldn't find anything that was felt like a person telling their story that I could relate to and give me that courage I needed. You know, I think I found a lot of that courage through Al-Anon I started going to Al-Anon meetings. So I found a lot of the strength and courage there. But yeah, so I I mean, I basically, I, I moved with two kids into this apartment. I had my one and a half year old, my mom was watching my five year old, and I was literally hauling boxes, you know, 40 miles back and forth on a weekend. And I got the call from this company to come in and interview. And I said, I've got my one and a half year old with me. I'm covered in sweat and dirt. I've been moving. And they're like, yeah, just come on in. And it was the most unprofessional interview I ever felt like I have been in. <laughs> and I'm a very, I'm a very <laughs> professional person when it comes to work. And he had fallen asleep and I literally had to strap him onto me, walk into this interview with a baby strapped to me, interview, pray that I could get the job. And, and he gave it to me on the spot. And he said, you know, he's like, we've, you've worked with us before. Like, you know, you're hired, you're what we need. And, um, So the weekend that I moved, I moved on Halloween of uh, 2014, I believe it was. I moved out on Halloween night and I started work the following Monday. Wow. uh, It was just, you know, it was just hit the floor running, you know, it was just, uh, it started out a little slow, but like for the first year and a half or so, I mean, I was working, I think 50 to 65 or 70 hours on average, Monday through Saturday, sometimes Monday through Sunday. It was just nonstop. And it was really hard. But, you know, I did it. <laughs> and uh,
0: and you've mentioned to me before, like, this kind of work, you make a good living
1: on it, right? Yeah, that I mean, that is the only reason I'm doing this is the benefits right. and the money. I would love to be doing something creative. I would love to be you know, using my talents to, you know, that's the thing. I feel like my talents are being wasted, but I don't feel like I even have the time to explore what those talents could be, you know. I have so many ideas. I want to get to to this. I've been writing
0: like a fiend, Lindsay. <laughs> I'm,
1: um, sorry. I'm talking so much.
0: <laughs> no, no, I needed to hear all of that because... I really believe that the reason why you haven't found a way to make your creative side lucrative in recent years is because you are meant to make everything that happened to you come together mm-hmm. under one roof and use your art to be truly of service. And mm-hmm. I've, I've got a few ideas. But okay. um, before we get there, yes. I'd love it if you could give some advisors, you know, people listening who either are God forbid, in a situation similar to what you've been through or have survived something similar to what you've been through. And I wonder if you could give a piece of advice on how to survive and rebuild your self-esteem after that, after abuse.
1: Oh, after abuse. It's not linear. I think you just have to have the will to want better for yourself. I mean, you, you got out for a reason no one deserves to be in that situation in the first place. But I think I think it's really just a matter of realizing, you know, we have this one life to live, right? And what do you want to give yourself in this lifetime? If you have spent, I feel like I have spent half of my life wasted in a lot of ways on people who didn't love me and who didn't deserve me and who were, um, took advantage of me. And so I think going forward, it's really a matter of, you know, a therapy. I mean, therapy has helped me so much. I'm such an advocate for therapy. Um, because you're going to do inner work that you don't even realize you're, you need, um, you're gonna, you're gonna have moments. You're gonna I mean, I really think therapy is a, is a key to, to it, but, um, you know, you, I, I think gratitude is another thing, like daily gratitude. What do I have right now? I thank God I'm so grateful I'm not in this situation anymore. And, and that, that has honestly changed my perspective and I think really helped with my depression um, in ways that I never even thought could. Um, just being grateful for all the things I can think of on a daily basis, no matter how small or stupid or how big and wonderful you have to learn to love yourself. Most of the people who are in these situations in some way or shape or form have really low self-esteem or don't love themselves enough. So you have to find that will in you to, to want to love yourself and to give yourself better and really just put one step in front of the other or one foot in front of the other. And and you're not going to have great days every day. You're, you're going to have shit days and you're going to have days where you, you think you're, it's not going to get better, but you got to just keep doing it, and you you slowly see changes. I mean, I think that's that's just it. It's it's a slow process, but it's worth it. And I see little changes in myself that I'm so just grateful for, and I know that I'm so much better because of it. Right. I don't know if that. That's answers beautiful. Your
0: question, but <laughs> it totally did. I think it's a, a bunch of different answers, and and it is a bunch of different answers. It's not like you just pray yeah. and then healing is delivered. You know, it's like, yes, yeah. I do think prayer is part of it, but like, yeah. you got to yeah. put in the work too. And, um, yes. and it, like you said, it isn't linear. You, you take three steps forward and two back and, and that's mm-hmm. a process and certain things will trigger it and it will come back up. But as long as you're committed to really trying to wholeheartedly love yourself and get back to that little girl who deserved better, yes, you will. Yep. Yep. You will. I also Mm -hmm. just want to say, I feel so honored that you listened to my show. You are such an incredible person.
1: Oh, thank you. No, I God, I So, so that you were part of my sanity. So, you know, sweeping all day, I'm driving all day long and that gets very old and tiring after a while. (laughs) And, you know, you're just sitting there in your own head and, you know, the monkey mind starts going and, I started listening to podcasts and I, I, again, like I just felt like I was directed to you. I, I looked up like creative or something. I typed in just like a keyword, and your podcast, I think had just wow. started and it was just released. And I, and so I thought, oh, this looks fun. I saw your, you know, your little, your logo, your little picture. And I'm like, oh, this one looks <laughs> awesome. And I I clicked on it and it was just like hearing that first episode fed my soul. So, I mean, you know, because, because of driving a truck, like I I don't have, and the hours I work and being a mom and a full-time mom, I have full custody, you know, I don't have time for myself. And so it was like, it was like, I was getting to be creative in a way by listening to your, just by listening to your show. And that brought creativity back into my work life and, you know, Mm -hmm. just being able to listen to it. So I, I really, I love your show. I think you are fantastic. And so thank you. (laughs) It's a privilege to drive with you (laughs) and sleep with you. you. (laughs) Sweet, not sleep. (laughs)
0: So, you know, I talk about like purpose a lot and how I believe that our purpose isn't necessarily tied to like, I will be an artist, but more so like what your greater purpose is. So I'm curious. Like if you had to say what your purpose is as like a human soul, what would it be?
1: I want to help people. I mean, I I feel like I have this need to want to help, just help people out of bad situations. Like I want to give people hope. That you really are capable of getting past and through your traumas and living a a happy and healthy life. I think, you know, I think back to when I was like in junior high and high school and going through a lot and everything seemed very hopeful or hopeless, you know, and it's hard to imagine a future Especially when you're repeating these patterns and you grow up as an adult, you know, recreating these patterns for yourself. And I, I do think my, my purpose is really just giving, giving that light to people that you can change, you can change it. You can really take control of your situation and make it a better one. I don't know. I feel like I just need to get that message to people, either either, either kids or teenagers or preteens or adults even. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of my greater purpose.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I, I feel that as well, just from hearing your story. What ways are you achieving that purpose right now in your life?
1: Hmm. I think in just... uh like I said with the therapy, I mean, I really, the last year and a half or two years, I really started focusing on myself and not feeling selfish about it. I think self care always felt like I didn't deserve it or that I was being too selfish or, you know, I should be putting my energy towards my kids or other things that need to get done. So I think really having grace with myself and I was able to get back in touch with my own spirituality in these last year and a half or so. And that's been a huge help for me as well. And I've just kind of, I've, yeah, I've, I mean, I've been on this kind of healing journey, I guess I'd call it, but really just allow, allowing myself to, to feel the things I feel again and, and to sit with my feelings and to know that I am in a better place and know that I am, I, I have a mantra that I tell myself every morning and I'm starting to actually believe it. Aw. It's in the process of trying to love myself, you know? And so it's, I love who you were. I love who you are and I love who you are becoming. And it sounds super cheesy, I know, but it really, saying that to myself it sounds every perfect. day, I think is, I really, wish that everyone yeah, in the world I mean, would say that. Well, it's it's so hard because, you know, we, we feel so broken a lot of the times from things in our past. And, you know, we don't feel always good enough in our present. But it's like, you know, I did my best and doing my best and I will keep getting better. And, yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess I'm really just learning how to love myself. I mean, that's really whatever that may be, whatever that may be, you know, whatever that may be on the day, on the second, on the minute, you know, it's just, it's not being so hard on myself and staying hopeful, I guess, you know? Yeah. And it sounds like right now that
0: work toward finding deep self-love and unconditional self-love is the best way to fulfill that. Because once you have that as your foundation, yes. you're going to be unstoppable. Yeah. And like you said, it's like a lifelong thing, but, Mm -hmm. but you do get to a point where you're like, okay, I've got enough of a foundation where I feel like I can start to build on that. Yeah. If you had to say like, is there anything in your life
1: that feels out of alignment with what your purpose is? Yeah. I mean, I hate to say it, but my, my job, (laughs) I mean, I, I hate to say that, but I mean, I, I'm grateful for my job. I'm grateful because it really has, it's been the key factor to get me to where I am with my kids and, you know, support them without the added stress of finances. I mean, I'm God, I mean, finances still suck, you know, it's not, it's not easy, but you know, I'm not juggling three jobs, but yeah, it just, it just, I feel like it just has nothing to do with who I am. And I know, I know a lot of people, I mean, my, my mom and my family and a lot of people say, Oh, well not, nobody loves their job. And, and, but it's, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like, it's that intuition again. There's something in me that says, I have something in me I know that will be able to be a job that I love. Like, I know I am capable of having a job that I love. I did before, you know, when I was designing. I loved designing. The people were crazy around me, but- but yeah, I mean, I I really do think uh, you know you can have a job that you love that also offers purpose and service. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like I'm kind of wasting wasting away. I've I've ended up being I think the uh, the site psych- psychologist. You know, a lot of the guys end up coming to me and talking to me, and I'm I'm giving them advice. And you know, I've, I've, maybe there's some purpose and service in that. But otherwise, I'm just like, man, I could be doing so much more than just sweeping up after I have a question. So Mm -hmm. I I think that it does sound like
0: you're already doing things within that job to make it more purposeful. I think you also did that when you started listening to podcasts in there. Mm
1: -hmm. Is there
0: like while you're driving, is there any brainstorming that could be done for your art? Like could you even just like turn on your iPhone messages and start stream of
1: consciousness talking about things that you could create or like Oh I do. Yeah. Yeah. I do I mean I, I turn on my voice memos all the time and you know like oh this idea, this idea. So, I mean, it, I think the hard part is I'm a very, I like to work with my hands a lot. And so it's like, right. I have to, I like to sketch out and write and draw, but you know, I'm doing the next best thing with it, which is the voice memos. But yeah, I mean, I, I do do that a little bit, you know? And then what is your time?
0: Like, cause I know you're a very busy mom as well. Yeah. So like, what kind of time do you have available to you right now when you're not working or taking care of your kids? And I know right now
1: right now is tricky because yeah right now right world. now is is different, but yeah. actually right now actually feels like a i mean a breath of fresh air for me personally because um I have more time than I've ever had in <laughs> in years. Are you, you know. currently
0: working or no, was...
1: no. Okay. i i my my mom helps me out a lot, she's about ten minutes away, but she's seventy two she had a stroke when I was in high school. She's got like an electrical heart problem, and so she's really been self isolating. And and um, and you know, I also don't want to put that on her. I mean, th- my kids are in school basically full time all day on Zoom meetings, doing work and stuff. So I'm I'm basically a full time teacher right now <laughs> for my kids. But um, unleash her inner teacher, exactly, exactly. But uh-huh. uh, yeah, no, I mean on on the daily she, she's really wonderful. She offers to help me out once in a while and give me a break. It's just, yeah, on the daily. I mean, I'm, I'm up at 345 in the morning and I usually am not home till about 630 at night. And then I have like an hour and a half to two hours to make dinner, get the kids' homework done, get them fed, get them to bed. And then a lot of the times I'm up Later than I should be, you know, and not getting enough sleep, just trying to get everything done, you know, just basics like right. dishes and stuff. Weekends are a little easier. My kids are getting older, and I think that's the easy part. Like, they're now at an age where I can kind of send them in the other room and let the iPad babysit them for a while. And uh, so I, I think I can manage, you know, a couple out of, uh, hours out of the weekends um, without guilt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. We'll talk about this type of life and then regular life, but
0: if I were to prescribe you some creative time, mm-hmm. do you think you could stick to like at least two to three hours a week that you make a date
1: with yourself and like unless your child is in physical harm, you stick to? I think I could I think I could try it you know i mean there there's always little interruptions when I'm here at home with them right but, but yeah i think I think that's doable at this point,
0: okay. I I want you to do that for yourself and for little Lindsay. Okay. Okay. And just remember it's for her. If you can't do it for you, do it for little Lindsay. Okay. (laughs) And then, okay. I'm going to share with you what I was seeing when you were talking. Okay. Like I said, I see everything that you've done and all the things that you've survived coming together and being under one roof. So I got really, really, really strong images of you making a t-shirt line. Mm. And it's specifically for survivors of abuse, and I see it being your art okay. like so like I was literally seeing like those octopus to, what is the meaning of octopus octopi to you by the way like is there some deeper meaning, or do you just like the way they look?
1: No, it was um. The octopus that that was actually my first creative spurt since since my divorce and move is is my in laws took the kids for four hours and I had four hours to myself, and I just wanted to make art and I just drew it up on the wall and nailed it and like that was the first attempt at string art that I had done, and then I came up with that logo that you know kind of embodied everything I kind of felt at the moment about you know hanging on by a thread and just you know our hearts are whole, but you know, there's pieces missing sometimes, but it's still all strung together. Yeah. Know. Okay. There, I don't know why I think this, there's some meaning to the octopus.
0: I feel like you have to like go- Google, like what is an octopus meaning? I think okay. there's some meaning to it in your life. Um. There's a reason you were drawn to that image, but okay. I was seeing like either the octopus or maybe that heart image that you do with a string art too is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like, like maybe it would be just like, I think your logo is just the black and white, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's like the black and white image on the t-shirt with a saying underneath, because I think the thing is there's so many graphic tees that have like fun or cute sayings, but there aren't enough that have deep true sayings. I was seeing words like I survived brave. Mm. You are whole fresh start. Do what needs to get done. You are so strong. You have angels. And I see the words, like, I think maybe just write down, like, 10 to 20 words that have meaning to you. 10 to 20 words or quotes that are, like, Lindsay originals. because <laughs> those are, I was taking those from things you were saying yeah, that have yeah. meaning to you. And think of some images that could go with them. Maybe they're things you've already done. Maybe they're things you're yet to create. But I see these going on t-shirts and I see you giving a percentage of the profits Mm, to an advocacy group or a charity of your choice that helps women get out of abusive situations.
1: Can I tell you something so crazy? Yeah. I went to a psychic a few years ago, like right after all this kind of was happening and in the start of my creating again. And I'd never been to a Psychic. I just kind of wanted to go for fun. And she yeah. told me that I would be making a T-shirt line or she saw me doing a T-shirt line. And it would be something where I'd be giving back to the community or people who needed it. I have crazy chills. Yeah, this That's is what so, you're supposed to do. Oh, my goodness. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Wow. I was getting like really, and I am not an, Im- you've heard me talk about it on the podcast a million times. Like yeah. I'm not a person who's good with image, but I was getting evocative images of like all these different designs you're going to make. And oh, you're just going to be, ta- it's like bringing the fashion together, bringing, I also, yeah, I remember you telling me about when, you know, a lot of people say to you, like, you're so strong to work in an industry where it's like all men and you're the one in there. So yes. I know like you're supposed to bring that part of it too. Like, I want you to draw something where it's like you behind the truck because that brought purpose. Like, <laughs> I don't think that you could have learned how strong you were and how much you have the ability to just like get in and get shit done unless no. you had made that trip. Yes. And I feel like once you start really jamming on this and like get the prototypes out, it's going to start like just everything's going to start clicking into place. But I feel like you're supposed to, if you can, oh, I, I, I know so, a lot of pressure. But I want you to start trying it now while you're in quarantine and while you have a little oh, bit more yes, free space yes. in your brain and your life. Yeah. Because, it, first of all, it's needed now more than ever because yes. women are suffering more than they
1: ever have because they're stuck yeah. with their abusers. That, yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot. That, yeah. that really – that's been on the forefront of my mind. Wow. Yeah, that – gosh. I love this. I love this idea. And it actually – it doesn't sound hard. It actually sounds like something that would come to me really easily. I mean I know That's I know. what I kept getting. Yeah. It's natural for you. It's just natural
0: for you. Like this is everything that you've gone through and that all the point, the plot points in your journey that came together mm-hmm. for this purpose. I love
1: that. I love that. And see, it takes outside perspective to bring things in. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Wait, like, I'm gonna look up what octopus means. Okay. Well, so so the other thing, octopus. I do like the octopus, but I've always felt connected to the ocean. But they say the octopus is almost like the what is it like the the alien of the seas. Like it's kind of one of like because they so there's something about the octopus where it's like it it's makeup or the way it's uh, genetic. Something is off. It's like it's not all the same makeup as everything else on the planet. But, you know, they're chameleons and they, they fit in with their environment, but they also, you know, get out of things. I mean, they can compress into such small spaces and then they can expand. And, you know, they, I don't know. They're interesting creatures. They're very- they
0: symbolize flexibility, creativity, intelligence, expansion, and unpredictability. Oh, I think wow. maybe, maybe you make a shirt with your octopus. Like, I really love that blue one you have. Yes. And, and underneath it, it says, embrace your inner octopus.
1: Oh, I love that. <laughs> people won't I even know what that. it means,
0: but it will make them feel connected. And I think you also bring like, bring some of the lessons you're learning in therapy to it because I haven't seen many t-shirts that talk about mental health. Have you?
1: I have not. I have not. I mean, I see a lot of the like spiritual uplifting kind of yogi type t-shirts, but yeah. I right. Oh, I love this, Lauren.
0: Yeah. I think it's what you're supposed to do. I don't know. I got a really, really really strong image. And I think, Uh, I mean, I would want these shirts. So, and I think uh, there's a lot of other women and men who would want these. And I also see it like, so I know you have the blog, but I see this being like an offshoot of like the blog being an offshoot of this. I could see this like. Maybe turning into a podcast down the line. I could see it turning into like a full fledged charity. There's so many different offshoots of this that could bring even deeper meaning to it. But it's supposed to, the way you can
1: monetize the art you're doing is by putting Uh it on a t shirt.
0: That's what I see.
1: That is fantastic. I think I have a new mission, my new new quarantine mission. Quarantine
0: mission. I love it.
1: (laughs) Oh, I love it. Amazing. You are amazing. Thank you so much. Of
0: course. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm so proud of you. And you just are such an inspiration. And I think listening to this is going to be inspiring for so many people who are in the middle of surviving anything, even just the way life is right now. Oh um,
1: yeah, you're,
0: you're a beacon of hope. And, oh. and I really admire you so much. So thank oh. you thank for you. being who you are and being the incredible artist and mom and human being and woman you are. Mm, That's incredibly kind. Thank you. Of course. Thank you for listening and thank you to my guest, Lindsay Huss. For more information on Lindsay, follow her at Hung by a Thread shop and blog. And she's also at Little Boogie 13. And I really hope that she starts that t-shirt line soon because honestly, the world needs it. Women need it. And I think those T-shirts sound kick-ass as well. (laughs) Thank you, Liz Full, for the show's theme music. Follow her at Liz Full. Thank you again for listening. If you liked what you heard, please go ahead and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Follow the show on Spotify. Follow at Unleash Earner Creative, at Lauren LaGrasso. Tell a friend about the show. And my wish for you this week is that you use your unique talents to fight injustice And that you find a way to take your story, combine it with your talents, and turn it into purpose or help it redefine the purpose you already have. All right. Have a great
1: week. Keep fighting the good fight. I believe in you.